party was nice, the party was pumping. Hey, yeah. And everybody having a ball. Hot, hot. Until the fellas start the name calling. And the girls respond to the call. Hot, hot, I have a poor hot, hot, shout out. Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pierce and Mind podcast. My name is Chewy, and I am here today and excited because it is a huge, huge day in NFL uh, free agency. Well, a huge week, I should say. And we're definitely going to cover a lot of that. Maybe we might go into some Cleveland Browns. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I am not alone today, though. I am with two of my good buddies from Wisconsin. One from Wisconsin, one from Ohio. I got Brian Willis and Kevin Tenney. How are you guys doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm living the dream right now. Um, I'm just going to jump right in here because I've, I lied. We're going to get right into the Cleveland Browns because they – I couldn't draft a fantasy team uh, that these guys have put together with OBJ – the trade for OBJ. Uh, you look at like the offense of this team, Nick Chubb, Landry – you look at Callaway coming from the year he had. Is it honestly, Kevin? I haven't even heard you talk shit. Like I think you have succumbed to the fact that the the Cleveland Browns are the new dogs, for lack of a better term, of the AFC North. Well, I mean, anything could look good on paper. I mean, I could write I'm a millionaire on a piece of paper, but it doesn't mean crap in real life. <laughs> so I mean, hey, it, it looks good. But, I mean, you're doing that, and we go and we sign our punter to an extension, and we sign Moncrief. So, I mean, we're right there with you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's all good. Yeah, it's not like you lost. Uh... Moncrief, Odell, same difference. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah. one and the same. Yeah. Here's the but thing. It's, I mean, Browns are doing awesome. There ain't no denying it. I can't really deny it. But, like, it's you can sit there and you can pick an early season – you know, the favorite every year. But, I mean, unless you're the Patriots, it doesn't matter. You know, so here's got to see how it works out on the field because you're adding drama. And that's the big thing. OBJ is a heck of a player, but, I mean, you're adding a heck of a lot of drama. So, does he bring it with him or does that stay in New York? You know, that's a big thing right there. You know, I don't disagree. So, here's the deal. I am fully aware that this team has to chill. And there is a lot of new pieces. Uh, OBJ, uh, you look at the defensive side. And honestly, we'll probably get rid of Duke Johnson unless he, which I'm okay with with the talent we have, let him go. Be, You'll have him for at least eight weeks or yeah. whenever the mm-hmm. trade deadline is. I think we'll trade him before that, but yeah. Um, yeah, Week seven is the trade deadline, so we'll have him probably at least till then, right? But I'm okay with him going, not because I want him to go because I love Duke Johnson, but I want him to be able to – go and show what he can do. The guy is a phenomenal talent. Uh, unfortunately, we are just overloaded at every position at this point, at the skill positions anyways. Um, but you think about that. What are you going to do to defend this team? Let's say they gel. Let's say everything goes okay. Maybe not perfect, but okay. And they're gelling. Okay. You can't put eight men in the box because then you got OBJ you got Callaway. You got Higgins. You can't forget about Higgins. Um, you got Najoku. Uh, you can't double. We got to double team OBJ. And then, we, oh my God, there's just so many weapons, you guys. Like, this is a beautiful day. 
This is a beautiful week to be a Browns fan. I have been, since this happened this week, I've been sitting here trying to, it's like, I think the one guy said it perfectly on ESPN. He was like, it's like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. When he's in that, you know, that post-race, his first post-race, he's like, what do I do with my hands? That's how I feel right now as a Browns fan. What the fuck do I do with my hands? And then it comes out that Kareem Hunt, and might as well transition there, that Kareem Hunt, um, part of this is he'll be back week nine, depending on where a bye week is. Only got eight games. I still think they overcharged him. I think the rule's six. He should have got six. I don't think the rule should be six. I think, um, like I was talking to Brian a little bit pre-show, I think it should be... You know, a minimum of six is maybe a better language to use. But if the rule six, they should get six, and they've yet to use it, the rule as it's written. Uh, Brian, what did you think about the suspension? How did you feel about the term? Um, about the uh, length. Um, <clears throat> no, I think it's um, reasonable. The eight games. You're talking about the eight game suspension yeah. for Cream uh, Cream um, Hunt. And then um, I also thought it was interesting that they just that uh, Kareem and his representation decided not to appeal it. Um, I'm curious as to why. I want to know if Kareem chose not to appeal it um, because he he learned from what he did, he understands what he did, or if it's a PR move just to save face. Because if you're Kareem Hunt and you appeal an eight game suspension. Um, for kicking a woman, that looks bad. Well, I think, hey, I think he should have appealed just only, I'm not going to like justify that I think Kareem Hunt's a douchebag as a human. I think that I've made that very clear. But I think when the rule says six, I think he should appeal, especially because it wouldn't have affected him missing any more or less games of the regular season. It's not like we're in season and this is going to, you know, push him out further. Um, I would have appealed, but I'm okay with the eight because, like I was telling Kevin on the old, uh, as I was texting him earlier, I think eight games, the league should be scared because guess what happens now, right? The Browns are going to be hopefully leading the AFC North, pushing for that playoff run, and then all of a sudden, week nine comes, and this team is already sweet, and bam, we got another, we just got another weapon of mass destruction. That we're going to be fresh, too. And he'll be fresh. Holy cow. I mean, now, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, with you talking about the day game suspension, and I know you keep saying the rule six, which it is, but you got to remember they put in there uh, the uh, first offense six games, but it also says uh, states depending on severity. So that leaves it open for whatever. Because you got to remember when they first made this rule, right after they did it was the whole Adrian Peterson thing. And then they gave him a whole year suspension for it. Which, so that's the big key is that whole dependent on the severity of the situation. So it's like minimum of six for the first offense, but they can go whatever, depending on how bad they think the situation is. Okay. Now let's try to like set it aside because I think it's hard to do and, and not sound douchey, douche, right? But let's, let's do it like this. Let's say, let's look at it like Ray Rice, right? The worst of the worst. I think we could agree that's probably the worst. I have a hard time with the AP because maybe I just don't know the whole story. I mean, but for me, like the way I was brought up, like getting belted and switched, that was a part of life. 
So I have a hard time like saying that AP was like a terrible human. Again, I know different. How many times were you forced to bleed though? Oh my god, are you serious? Well, well, hold on now. Let's just familiarize our refamiliarize ourselves with what that was. That was a professional football player um, uh, punishing a two-year-old and using a switch. That's just unnecessary. Yeah, but if that's how, here's the thing: you have to like take it in contest, though, Brian. I I know I'm going to be the asshole here, and I'm okay with this <laughs> because, and this, again, this is going back 100 percent to how just how I was brought up, okay, and how I was brought like we used to. And that may, that's probably how he was brought up. Like, you raise your kids, and I've had to learn this the hard way, especially with my son Trevor, and I've had to change and tone down a lot. Like, you parent a lot like you were parented most of the time. And so if he was brought up with switches and belts and all that bullshit, then he probably did the same thing to his kid. And so I, and that's why I don't really, like, look at that when I'm looking at these domestic things, right? Um, but let's look at... Probably, you know, Ray Rice, 12 gate, knocked the girl out. I don't think Kareem Hunt, like, okay, he shouldn't have done it. But it's not like he, like, wailed back and kicked, field goal kicked her. He really just tipped her over with his foot. So, like, oh, yeah. When I first saw that report without seeing the video, um, the way it was worded made it sound like, yeah, he, he caught her with a drop kick. <laughs> off the top turnbuckle and put her in a sharpshooter and um no it he should have did what he did but um yeah eight games is a little steeper what he did in particular still still should not have done what he did no i agree yeah, that, that video the worst part in my opinion the worst part was is like the anger and the attitude he had yeah like it was like in the end, it was lucky that he only pushed her over with his foot. Like, I mean, he could have, the way he was going, like, if he would have got, actually got a hold of her, like, early on, like, yeah, that could have definitely been, he could have put the Ray Rice video to shame. But it was just, like, just that, that added, that anger that he had going. Like, it was, that was, like I said, that, in my opinion, that was the worst part of the whole thing because it could have been so much worse than it was. Oh, yeah. No, I, I dude, I 100% agree with you. It could have, Whoa. Was that somebody got company now? What the fuck? Sorry. Pet my dog. <laughs> he's he's stressing right now for some reason. I don't know why. Does he want to be on the show? Is that his problem? Is he trying to get famous? No, he's not as uh <laughs> intrusive as Kevin's cat. Yeah. Hey, Kevin's cat is a, a intricate part of this show. Yeah, I got a kick out of that the first time I saw a cattail pop up on his oh, screen. Yeah. I was like, what is that? Bones? Oh, are... yeah. She doesn't leave me alone. She's in here right now whining and bugging the crap out of me. That's why we, that's why we love Bones. Bones is a big part of what makes this show go. Um, yeah, so let's move on. Uh, so, yeah, I think Cleveland, I'm going to use the cream hunt thing as just, you know what, just a weapon we're keeping hidden until midseason. Uh, does Baker throw 50 touchdowns? You keep uh, going up. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the under. You're gonna take the yeah. under. I yeah. think. I think he might do it. And he's gonna spread it around too. That's the thing. Like our our backups, our backup receiving core is very competitive to a lot of the starting cores in the league. I'm not saying <clears throat> elite, but I mean, you talk about Callaway, Higgins. Oh God, it's just so scary. What's hey, the? Just, sorry, go ahead, Kevin. 
I was going to say, just remember that <clears throat> I know you're a Browns fan. You deserve all this excitement and everything. But just remember, you're one twisted ankle away from 2-14. and 14. Oh, you talk about Baker? Yes. I kind of wish we would have signed Tyrod back as a backup. <laughs> just because, not because he's great, but because he's efficient. Like, he wouldn't have screwed anything up. He could have handed it off to Hunt and Chubb all day long and did a little dunk off to OBJ and let him go 100 yards. Uh, so I'm interested in what they do at, at backup quarterback. I was surprised to see Tyrod go to San Diego. Uh, he's not going to start there anytime soon because Phillip Rivers doesn't miss games. But, uh, yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like, we are definitely an injury. But until that happens, this is what you're going to oh, get yeah. until shit goes awry. Because I am – I'm stoked. Like, seriously, like, in the 20 years since they come, they've come, they came back, I have not had the privilege of being this legitimate i mean you've seen me like try to talk guys up and try to like get excited about uh you know something that probably really isn't there but um this is the first time where i'm like and that's not me like all over the league they're like look what they've done like the the talent that dorsey has assembled and i still think we're gonna get eric berry it's gonna happen you can just lock that up right now um, but let's get into some other free agency because I'm sure I'll get back to the Browns at some point. Uh, Wait, real, real quick, what would what would the Browns have to do? How would they have to finish for you to consider it a successful season with the roster we have now? Yeah, they have to. Well, they're going to host a playoff game because they're going to win the division. I say they have to get to the AFC Championship with this roster, and I don't okay. think it's unrealistic. Anything, anything less than that is is a fail. An unsu- yeah. It's, okay. okay. Let's not say fail. Let's say un- unsatisfactory. Like it's something I wouldn't be happy. I just think the talent on this roster, and again, like Kevin said, like you have to gel. It has to gel. This team has to, because you know. And I think everyone's worried about OBJ and how many touches he gets with him and Landry. They played together in college. They're like best friends. Like Landry was trying to get this done last year. He was talking in Dorsey's ear. I don't think there's going to be a problem. Uh, and so as, as long as they gel, there's no reason this team shouldn't be a legitimate – and Vegas agrees. They're the fifth best team, uh, the fifth, you know, when it comes to who's going to win the Super Bowl. They're number five, and the other four teams ahead of them are the four last four teams from last year. So Vegas agrees with me. Like, they should at least – with this talent core, minus injuries, if they stay healthy, there's no reason this team isn't in the AFC title game. Now, minus instead of picking like obviously you're picking the AFC title game, but weird things have happened with records and sure. I think they're at least eleven and five. So I think that's why I think you should you should pick a record. What's a win loss record? Eleven and five. Okay, because I mean, truthfully, it could be an oddball year, and the Steelers can pull off a miracle and win the division. I mean, and the Browns are a wild card. So you just never know how that works out. So that's why I think it's better to pick a record. What is your win-loss over in the playoffs? Would be a way to go for a win-loss – for a, whether or not it was a win or loss season. No, I'll give you that. I'm, I'll stick with 11-5. and five. I think, uh, again, with the schedule, I think Pittsburgh has done po- poorly. I do like Moncrief, actually. Bringing yeah, but Moncrief Steelers in. never sign free agency. Yeah, They're but never the problem is they've lost a lot. Touch. They always do. I mean, obviously, they've never lost the number one receiver and running back in the same year before, but they lose players and stars all the time. Yeah. And they never go out and go crazy and 
free agency. They go, they draft, <clears throat> which they used to be a lot better on the draft than they have. I mean, obviously Antonio Brown, but it just seems the last couple of years it's hit and miss with the guys that they're drafting. But so sooner or later that their luck is going to catch up to them. That's for sure. But, <clears throat> but I'm not real worried with the Steelers and the free agent signing because they never go get anyone big name. Cause you got to think like the biggest name free agent they've signed in probably the last five years was a tight end Vance McDonald. So, yeah. I mean, what about, what about you, Kevin? What's considered a successful season for Pittsburgh? Three to 11. I mean, three to 13. <laughs> hey, the one thing Tom was never had a losing season in Pittsburgh, but he's so. always, hasn't he always had Le'Veon and AB or at least one no. of the other? I think his well, first year he didn't have either, right? Yeah, he didn't have them his first three years or something like that. So, because I think, I th- I'm pretty sure Antonio's rookie year was the year they lost to the Packers in the Super Bowl. And he was like more of a special teams guy than a, he wasn't really contributing a wide receiver that much yet uh, at that time. And Le'Veon didn't come for another year or two after AB. So, what, what would be, what would they have to do to cons- be considered a successful season? Truly, in my opinion, I'd be happy with 10 and 6. Okay. What, 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 would be, what, would, what would get Tomlin fired this season? Like the, I think anything under 8 and 8. With everything that happened this year, if he has a losing season. If they go 7 and 9, you think Tomlin's definitely at risk of getting fired? If the season goes the way it has the last two years. Because I, I think the Steelers have been getting worse with like the discipline – and with all the crap that like AB has been doing, what well, was doing, and like it just seemed like he was getting away with everything until this year. You know, the last week of the season was when it seemed like it finally like Tomlin stepped up and actually did something, which was a little too late, anyways. So I think with all this stuff, I think if they go seven and nine, and it's you see the same product you saw on the field this past year, all the inconsistencies and all that, and the discipline, I think they'll let him go and move on okay yeah i i, I think on um, 10 to 6 i think it's gonna be tough um meh, we'll see because i think cincinnati's junk right can we all agree cincinnati's junk this year yeah, yeah. like they're probably definitely going to be in the bottom of the barrel you know who's interesting is the sky rats because they lost a lot but i like that they brought in thomas i ho- was hoping he'd go to cleveland unfortunately he made a poor decision he definitely obviously doesn't like uh winning um, but I think, and then also they brought neither, in, neither does Golden Tate apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Did you see his show me the money thing? That was hilarious. Yeah. I watched that. That guy, that guy absolutely went there for money. There's no way he went to New York going, yep, we're going to win it let's, all. Let's, let's see if he's acting the same when they're, um, four and 12 at the end of the season. Let's see what video he puts out then. What? Oh, I'm going to mention one thing, and then I want to know from you guys a free agency signing that like you either loved or that really surprised you. But one thing that surprised me today is the Miami Dolphins training Tannehill. Not because I think Tannehill is the greatest, but I think they don't have any options. Why would you get rid of the one? I think they're going to bring in Cap, actually. But outside of bringing Cap, why would you get rid of the only guy you had? You got turned down by Bridgewater, which I think Bridgewater made a genius, smart move not leaving New Orleans to go to Miami. Just bad plan. You know why they did that? Tell me. Because over, over the next two seasons, they're going to save $33 million in cap space because of that. 
Yeah, and they're going to have about three victories. So they'll lose more that, and they'll lose more in the lost ticket sales. Yeah, but I mean, you could have done that with Tannehill. <clears throat> Tannehill's not that good. They gave up on Tannehill halfway through the season. I disagree. Tannehill's not a terrible quarterback. He's not always available. He can't stay healthy. If you want to have that conversation, uh, yeah, I think part of that's the offensive line issues, though. Yeah, sure. He's always getting killed behind the shit offensive line. Um, uh, they they gave a guy. A huge contract, and the, when the rest of the team didn't have a good future, it was just a mistake that they had to um, make a decision on him, and they, the decision was to trade him. I guess I will. Uh, I, I, I agree. He's not a bad quarterback, though. I feel like they just – I think they thought they were going to go out and get one of these, like, got big guys in this particular uh, situation. And now well, they like, have a chance to go get um, AJ McCarron now because the Raiders just cut him. How crazy is that? He was like the the biggest quarterback on the free market last season. You know, the Bills got him, didn't even really play, and then they traded him to Oakland. I mean, that was the crazy one because they gave him a pretty decent amount of money last year. Hey, here's a thought that just popped into my head. Okay, um, you know who they can go get with all that cap space. They can go get Dominic Sue. Bring him back. They don't want the headache. I don't think. I think that was like. Wasn't that like? Didn't uh, wasn't that divorce ugly? I don't think it was that bad, but um, it's not. Uh, that guy's not much, as much as a headache as he used to be, though. I don't know. I wouldn't hate it. I think it would be help them. Like they need all the help they can get. So I don't think there's like some like terrible thing uh, way to go wrong there. Do. Duke Johnson to Miami. How about that one, too? Ooh, Duke Johnson in Miami would be good, actually, for Duke and for Miami. I say, didn't Duke go to Miami? Yeah, he did. Like, it's a win-win. It sells tickets. Yeah. God, Brian, this is why we have you on. You think deep. That'd be, you know, how how much would that turn them around if they just went, like, over the next couple weeks, if they just went Sue, Cap, Duke Johnson. They'd look better. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, think, I don't know if it's worth spending money like that when you're why? A, a I don't think it would, what's going to cost? Duke's going to cost you draft pick, right? That's for sure. Uh, I don't know that Sue's going to cost you a whole – he's on the back end. He's not going to cost a yeah. crap ton. And Cap, he's been out a couple of years. So, again, he's probably not going to cost you, like – 30 million a year. He might be like 19 well, million, 15 and 19. He wanted 20 million from the Alliance. Well, yeah, but he's going to release that from Miami. He wasn't worth that when he played in the last time. That's before he just got a fat uh, uh, payment from if the I, league. Honestly, if I'm the Dolphins, my point of view is as far as Kaepernick alone, my point of view is what have we got to lose? Especially now that you traded away Tannehill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I what don't like. Got, what do you lose? I cannot get behind this uh, trading Tannehill situation. I'm just surprised Tennessee took him. Like, are they are they ready to give up on Mariota? Do you think? No. <clears throat> Better backup for Mariota, who's injured a lot. So get another back. Get another quarterback in there that's injured a lot. <laughs> We got a we got a Facebook we got a tweet a Twitter we got a tweet it says before you support Kaepernick as the next QB make sure the local Cuban population won't turn That's on the point. team. 
That's yeah. fair. Yeah, you really don't want him showing up in a Miami locker room with a Fidel Castro shirt on. Yeah, yeah. You think that'd go over poorly? Well, it went over poorly, and he wasn't even in Miami the first time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian, tell me tell me a free agency signing that, like I said, either you really loved or really surprised you. Um, I don't know what the Patriots had on the table at the time for Golden Tate, but um, it sounded like Golden Tate was going to the Patriots, and next thing you know, he took a deal to go to the, the Giants. Um, that surprised me from both sides. The Giants looked like they were in an obvious tank and rebuild situation, but signing a, I think Tate's 31, signing a 31-year-old wide receiver to fill a void left by Odell Beckham is super strange. And Tate, (laughs) the first thing out of his mouth, and this is just what guys say all the time, is I want to go somewhere where I have a chance at winning a championship. It's like, oh. And, and and then you turn down. I would take half of what he got for the Giants to go to New England, just because I know that in the next five years I have a high likelihood of, if not playing in a Super Bowl, definitely if not winning a Super Bowl, at least playing in one. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I like doing crazy things like winning championships and whatever I'm doing. So call me crazy. What about you, Kevin? What's something that jumped out at you that you <clears> – <throat> Um, Eric Weddle going to the Rams. Why that did that surprise of, you? Well, for one, he said if the Ravens cut him, he was going to retire, which I know you can never really believe. But <clears throat> and I understand the Rams calling. It's the way the Rams team was built last year. I mean, there's looks like they're trying to do it again this year. So between the Rams and the Patriots, I mean, those are obviously the Patriots are the first team if you want a championship. But I mean, the Rams are right there. And they had a good defense minus Tlaib. He looked like a trash can most of the year out there, especially during the Super Bowl. So, I mean, they need to get a cornerback to replace him. But Weddle going there shocked me. But I thought it was a good move for him. Uh, The one that I hated the most was uh, Jesse James from the Steelers went to the Lions, which I really liked him. And he came through with a lot of big plays for the Steelers. But him leaving, I thought, was bad for the Steelers. Yeah. It's bad for uh, Big Ben uh, giving him, you know, an outlet. Do you think they're going to bring Bortles in, or do you think they're even going to try? Is that even? I kind of hope so. I've liked Bortles. Like, don't get me wrong, he's been a bad quarterback. But when you get a new coach all the time, a new offensive coordinator, and you just got a shitty offense, I understand you're going to have trouble. But I liked – when he was first getting drafted, I wanted the Steelers, if he fell, to get him to sit behind Ben. Because I just think he's a Ben prototype. And if you put him behind Roethlisberger, hopefully he could help you. And you're going to give him a better offense with the Steelers, what they got. Even what they got now, I mean, it's still a better offense than the Jacks, uh, Jag, Jaguars. Can't talk. So I would be happy with it, but I don't know. I'd like to see it happen. I don't know don't, if it will or not. You don't like that alien that they got at backup quarterback right now? Josh Dobbs, no eyebrows on his head? Hey, I'm used to that with Shazier. So. That's true. That's ironic that they both play. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I like Dobbs. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I think he's a decent backup quarterback. Yeah. But um, I just think Bortles would be – I think Bortles would be a better fit for the that offense as your backup. And I think he'd be a better – possible error apparent 
to be I, the starting quarterback. I was going to say, if you let him sit for a year or two behind uh, Big Ben, probably a year, right? He's probably got a year left. You let him I'd sit. say two at the most is what I'm going with. For sure. Ben. Let's say a year or two then. We can agree on that. You let him sit where he doesn't have to play. Like, you could actually work on his the things that he has issues with. Because he has, like, glimpses of greatness. Very rare, but glimpses of greatness. Yeah. If you let him sit behind, I think you're right. I think he'd be a great guy to hand the team off to for, you know, five years after Ben's gone. And and then you can start grooming that neck. I think, it, to me, it just makes sense. But it is Pittsburgh, so I have to have little faith. Yeah, and, as long as he doesn't want a lot of money. <laughs> There's a chance. He's not going to get a lot of money. I mean, I don't think so anyways, unless you guys think I'm wrong. You know, Brian, we talked a little bit about this the other day on uh, What's-His-Face podcast, uh, but oh, Eric's podcast, that a lot of people kind of think the, the Packers have had a really bad offseason, and it sounds like you disagree with that a little bit. seems like you kind of like what they were doing. No, yeah, I don't understand why people think they had a bad uh free agency um they needed edge rushers and they went out and got um two really solid edge rushers edge rushers in preston smith and zadarius smith um they're not related by the way they're not um no 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 i'm upset no um i think um i think one of them is related to alex smith though um (laughs) um no but um they needed edge rushers and those guys are two really solid edge rushers, especially Zadarius Smith. I think he's um, just the impression that I got from what everybody thought about the signing outside of Green Bay. Um, I think he's an underrated um, edge rusher. So we assessed our edge edge rushing needs and then um, we needed a safety and what better way to address a position of need than to take it from your division rival in the in the team that took first place in your division last season in the Bears. Um, not only are you helping yourself, but you're hurting another team there. And I also saw that um, Callahan um, left the Bears to go to the Broncos too today. I mean, I saw I saw that coming from a mile away. But um, yeah, and then uh, we got an offensive line and Billy Turner um, was sort of a backup in the Broncos system, but you saw how well the Broncos assess talent. Yeah. Um, poorly. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about all four of these guys. I think they did. I'd give them a solid B. Our friend, our friend Abe on Twitter is saying that, uh, they think that, uh, Packers overpaid for Amos. Definitely not a top signing. Um, that, situation, that, a situation that, like that, when you're trying to pull them from a division rival, I think you overpaying is, an afterthought. It's just don't now, I, go ahead. I've heard a lot of talk. Um, have they cut Clay Matthews, or is that something they're just talking about right now? Because I know they've been talking. They're talking about at like, the end of the season. I heard a lot of talk about that. Yeah, there hasn't been um, an official release of Clay Matthews. Actually, right now it sounds like they're just trying to restructure. Um, at the end of the day, though, I think they uh, cut Clay. I'm totally down with that because I think he'd be a great legacy signing for Cleveland Browns and yeah, that would be cool. Talking yeah. about great edge rushers. Did Cleveland add one of those two? Like, Holy shit. This team's ridiculous. Yeah. What's his name? I can't pronounce it. 
You know what his name? You know what his name's gonna be? You know what his name's gonna be? Super Bowl champ. That's all I care about. Uh, Miles Garrett's sacks are probably gonna go up this year. (laughs) Told you, get it back to the Browns. And we got a defensive tech. This team. What do we even draft? Do we just skip the draft? Do we just like ah? We don't. We're good. We're loaded. Give me five seconds. Five seconds. He needs five seconds, Kevin. All right. All right. What did you think about the Baltimore signings? I got into that a little bit. Do you think they? Do you think they're rebuilding, or do you think that those signings filled the gaps they lost from T. Sizzle, who I never thought would leave Baltimore? Yeah, uh, that surprised me. I, I wasn't even thinking about that because that was probably the biggest shocker for me for the free agency was uh, Suggs leaving. Like I did not see Suggs leaving Baltimore at all. So like I made the comment the other night. That's like, I just wonder, was like Ray Lewis doing a sad dance in the living room when he saw Suggs left, especially you go to Arizona. Like, I understand he's Arizona, all that stuff. But it's just like, for him to leave Baltimore, I thought that that was just crazy. Um, Did they, I don't think they filled the gaps that they lost because you figure they lost Suggs and Mosley on the defense alone. And um, they brought in Thomas, which he's a good safety. So, I mean, that's going to help them on defense. But, I mean, they just lost – as of now, they've lost too much on the defense. And the offense, Mark Ingram, I think that's a good signing for him to leave New Orleans. But it's still Lamar Jackson. If he doesn't learn how to throw in the offseason, that offense, it's, you know, whatever. Because Cleveland and San Diego laid the groundwork how to stop him. Yeah. So, unless he learns how to throw, that offense ain't going to do anything. So, I mean, the defense is going to be out there all the time. I thought Mark Ingram was a good, another good, and I hate giving the Sky Rats any credit, but I do think my, Mark Ingram was a nice pickup for them, with the way they're going to run the ball so much. But I think you're right. I think, I think they're going to have to find a way to throw with Jackson, like right off the bat. I think they've lost that window of surprise. The whole league knows how to do it now, and uh, they need to throw. Shout out to my little brother who I think is watching me for the first time ever on the old Facebook. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so also, if you are watching, you want to be part of the show, all your Facebook messages do come live into the studio as well. If you want to tweet us, tweet us, just do hashtag uh, POMP, and that will come directly in the studio as well. I need to find a cool hashtag uh, that we can use. Anyways, what else happened? I mean, the free agency's been kind of crazy. Like, I don't, let me go back a little bit. What do you guys think about the two-day, like, uh, what's it called, uh, the tampering. I don't like it. Why not just make it? I mean, I guess if you're uh, Minnesota, you're happy because you got to save bar, right? Um, but I think it's stupid. Like, I just let let them sign now. I think that benefits the players. Benefits the players more. Not only um, in some cases do they get more money, but they can yeah. play for somebody that they would prefer to play for. Yeah. yeah. I understand. Like, I understand the reasoning behind it, but I just liked it better when it was – it started at midnight, and I was always working midnights at the time, so it was always – it started at midnight, and who was that first big signing? You know, I always liked that better because it was like – it was like how the draft used to be before you used to work out your deals beforehand, and you know who was the number one pick was going to be, like, two weeks before. Like, I just like that surprise, like – Who's going to be that first guy signed at 1201 with that huge fat contract? But now it's just, it rolls out little by little. And, you know, I don't know. It's like, I understand it. I just don't really like it, though. Yeah. 
I guess I do kind of, especially not, you know, Brian said that I, uh, I get it. I just, I don't, yeah, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> Hey, just think if they didn't have that tampering period, then, uh, Bell wouldn't have had enough time to try to find the best deal that he wasn't going to get to take. Yeah. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. So he ended up signing with the New York Jets. And I think I hate to admit again today that I have to agree with you. I think he failed. I think he signed for less than what the Steelers offered him. Um, his contract, like the guarantee is not that great. I think if he was going to take less money, he should have got, took a fully guaranteed contract. And from what I heard, um, somebody offered him, uh, basically it was three year deal, but it was essentially fully guaranteed. I thought he would have been better off taking that deal. Than the sounds like, he, sounds like that's what Oakland offered him. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was, but I thought he would have been better off taking that deal than instead of taking the deal, uh, to go to the jets. Cause I think he's going to help the jets. I think he's a Sam Darnold should be super thrilled to have him. Um, Hashtag Sam Darnold's a bus, but whatever. Uh, what do you guys think about that deal? You, am I right? Did he make a terrible mistake? Or long, yeah, guess- long term, long term, he made a mistake. Um, especially, you know, <clears throat> not taking the franchise tag um, and sitting out last season. It ended up blowing up in his face a little bit, I think. And then, um, yeah, it sounded like uh, Derek Carr and Antonio Brown recruited him pretty hard. Uh, to, to come with, uh, to play for the Raiders. And I'm honestly surprised he didn't go to the Raiders. I think going, he should have. Going to the Jets. But maybe maybe he wanted to be – the way it seems to be that Lev Bell operates is that he wants to be the guy. If Antonio Brown and John Gruden and Derek Carr a little bit are in Oakland and all that's in – the Jets organization is Sam Darnold and um, uh, Robbie Anderson. You're going to be the guy on the Jets. You're not going to be so much the guy in Oakland. So. No, that's fair. Um, yeah. go, sorry, Kevin, I didn't mean to talk over you. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, one of the things that gets me about the Bell thing is it would any of the people on any of the sports things I've watched, NFL Network, ESPN, all that stuff, when they talk about it, all they keep saying is like how they think he made a good move and how Bell's camp is happy with, you know, the signing and everything, because they're like, if you'd have got hurt playing on the franchise tag last year, well, they keep talking about the franchise tag. It's like, they never talk about the Steelers offered him a long-term deal yeah, and it was going to be more money, five years, 70 mil guaranteed money was less than what the jets offered him. They offered him 25 guaranteed. He signed with the jets for 32. So, Seven mil, and it's just like so. They 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 never talk about that. It's always well if he'd have played on the franchise tag. It's like well if he wasn't retarded, he would have signed the contract. So it's like he goes, and it's like I consider it like I still, you know, it's like I'm mad he left, but I'm like we got Connor, so I'm not too upset. But I could still sit there and say, you know, I still think he's the best running back in the league when he's healthy. And it's like so I'm not like a scorned Steelers fan. But when you sit there and you say that you're going to trend set the running backs getting paid, you deserve 17 to 18 mil a year. You're going to sit out till you get paid that. So, cause you're going to set the way for future running backs and you sign for 13 mil, you know, it's just like you didn't accomplish anything. It's like, if you just wanted to play for the jets, 
Should have just said that. You know, I want to play for the Jets, whatever. But it's just like you go on this whole money thing, and then it's like, oh, well, you sit out last year, and it's like, I'll make it up next year with my contract. You're, you didn't. <laughs> you know, there's no way you're going to make up that lost money unless your album goes platinum or something, and you make all that money from selling your rap album. But it's just like he lost all that money. He sat out a year, so who knows what kind of conditioning he was doing outside of jet skiing in the strip club and singing. And I mean, so it's going to be interesting to see how he does. And the Jets Contract. don't have anywhere near as good of an offensive line as the Steelers do. So it's like he might actually have to put in a lot more work than he was when he was running for the Steelers. Yeah. No, that's true. I think, yeah, I think overall it was a mistake. I think the league this year is going to be, it's going to be a weird league next year. All the, you know what I was also interested in? I know I'm bouncing around a lot, but my mind's going crazy. Um, I'm interested because there was there was rumors this week when the OBJ trade went down. Yes, you know, Cleveland got pretty much one of the top three receivers in the game. Talent. I heard. Yeah, there was, you know, not that big of a deal. You know. hey, when did that happen? I must have missed that yeah, somewhere along the it line. It barely made the news. Um, <clears throat> you guys, by the way, see Nate Burleson got the first OBJ jersey off the presses. Um, that being said, there was rumor when that happened that the Browns were in the market for Antonio Bryant as well. And they offered them better than what the Raiders offered. Uh, do you think the Steelers are dumb to put the rivalry over making their team better? I mean, at the end, I'm glad they didn't because that meant we went hard for uh, OBJ. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean he was signed. Look at the whole Buffalo thing. The Steelers had a pretty, they had a better deal with Buffalo than they did for Oakland, but he didn't want to go there. Brown already had in his mind he wanted to go to Oakland. He was going to do whatever he could to make sure he got to go to Oakland. You think he'd rather go? I mean, I get why he wants to go to Oakland, but you don't think he'd love to rub it in the Steelers' face twice a year? Well, I mean, the Steelers flat out said they weren't going to trade him in division or the Patriots. But that doesn't. So, I mean, that was off the table right off the bat. I think that's and, bad business. Like, even if Cleveland did it, I would say it was bad business. Well, you got to think when the Steelers and the Browns trade, they trade shitty players to each other because they know it's not going to help them. Like, we traded you Sammy Coates, you traded us Justin Gilbert. We gave you a shitty receiver, and you gave us a shitty cornerback. You don't trade a superstar to a team inside of your division. Well, yeah. If you're I, I, I think when you trade within your division as a GM, then um, there's way too much of a chance that that trade can go wrong and be your undoing as a GM. I think that's why teams don't do it so much. We got a report coming off of the Twitter, and I know I'm talking a lot of Twitter tonight, but I'm really utilizing these new tools we have available to us. Uh, the the Bortles is going to visit the Rams on Monday. Like, I don't fuck? even know who their current backup is. Who cares? Like, do they need it? Like that team? <laughs> like it is beyond ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, you saw what Jared Goff did during the Super Bowl. Well, he was a young kid. I mean. I, he looked. I understand. He I looked agree. Pre-game, he looked like he was rattled. Like he didn't even need the actual game to happen. He looked pre-game like he was rattled. One thing, one thing you can say about Jared Goff: the dude's gotten better every season. Yes, completely agree with you. So, well, I mean, he's gotten better after Fisher left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that was his first year, I think, or halfway to whatever it was. But yeah, he's definitely. I agree with you because I thought for sure hardcore bust after the first season because he looked horrible. But, yeah, he has 
gotten better the last two seasons. Yeah, I'm just sick of the Rams. Like, if they're like the new Cleveland Browns, they're just going and getting all the talent. And yeah, sorry, I, I'm so happy right now, guys. Like, my soul. I feel like this is what, like I feel like this is the part of the Bible they took out because you know how like not every story is actually in the Bible. And this is the like the rapture is probably about to happen. Like I think the Browns getting this strong is really the signal of the the, the pre rapture situation. I'm never going to actually get to see the Browns win because the Earth is going to be gone. Uh, there's going to be like a huge religious fight, and uh, it it sucks. But I don't I just don't know I don't know what to do. I'm very lost. Uh, who? Hey, speaking of, sorry. No, 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 no. You go ahead. I'm like owning the show, so you just do it. <laughs> All right, I was going to say, earlier this week I heard a rumor, I don't know if any of you guys have heard it, but um, that John Gruden is in love with Kyle Murray. And uh, there's been talks, I guess, that they're, I don't know if they're working on it or it's just talks inside the Raiders organization, but they're actually talking about trying to trade Derek Carr and swapping picks with the Cardinals because Gruden wants Kyle uh, Murray so bad. What do you think about that, Brian? That wouldn't surprise me. Um, just the way that the Raiders organization is ran. And, um, yeah, by the way, I got somebody uh, with me. Um, just the way that organization is ran, it's so strange. And um, a lot of it seems like knee-jerk reaction. Um, and they, <clears throat> I, I saw an interview earlier with uh, – uh, Mayock talking about how the Steelers uh, trade went down. They made it very clear to all teams that um, they weren't um, jeopardizing any of those uh, first round picks. So something tells me that they have something planned with those uh, first round picks. And given the fact that John Gruden is um, big on that, uh, big on quarterbacks, big on watching quarterbacks and studying quarterbacks. I think there, there's got to be a quarterback in this draft that he wants. And if I was an intelligent um, GM slash head coach, Kyler Murray would be that quarterback. Okay. Now, if you're a B, you're so excited because you get to play with Derek Carr. And, you know, they made it a big thing that when he got to Oakland, he first thing he did was went to Derek Carr's house and was giving him hugs and just so happy and giddy. He gave him like 10 hugs. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, simmer down now. Yeah, and no uh, So it's like you want to play with him and the next thing you know, they trade him and get Kyle Murray. Like, I know he was working working with them in the offseason. Just like a month ago or something, they showed AB working out with them. Like, if that, you know, if it say it makes him unhappy, like he gets mad about it, does he go like straight Pittsburgh again in Oakland after like a month of being there? If I'm Antonio Brown, I would rather have a young, impressionable quarterback on my team than Derek Carr, who is an independent, you know, force. And also, if I'm the Cardinals and I have the choice of Derek Carr and Kyler Murray, uh, Cardinals are kind of rebuilding. I was going to say I'd go Derek Carr, but Cardinals are sort of rebuilding. I guess it's 50-50 for me. Here's the Take thing. Poison. I got to talk about Kyle Murray just for a second. Well, first off, let me tell you that trading Derek Carr is a huge mistake. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. 
He is. I think yeah, he's like... the right guy to have with AB. I think he's he had a, one of his best seasons of his not his best statistical season last year. It's ridiculous to think about trading him. Moving the, on from that, let's go to Kyle Murray. I know that my opinion of who I think should go number one is going to change between now and the draft day. And draft day. That being said, I strongly, strongly think that we need to pump the brakes on Kyle Murray. Not because from the field side. On the field side, I think the guy can play ball. Um, I think you go back to was it Chart, uh, whoever Casterly. You know, saying that he was hearing what a bad interview he was. And then I heard him after his pro day, and they were asking him simple questions like, give us an example of when you showed leadership. And he just sidesteps everything. The guy's not direct. And I am going to compare him to Baker because I think Baker was very direct and very, like, well-spoken about being a leader and working hard and, you know, understanding the board work and you know, taking that stuff in, uh, you look a year later, I don't think Kyle Murray can do it. I think he has all the physical talents. I think he's, I think he's Baker on the field, Johnny Menzel off of it. And that's scary because if he's, go ahead. You know, I've got in this argument, I've got Kyler Murray's back. Um, go ahead. Make the argument, sir. He had the same interview skills in college, and you saw what he was able to do on the field, he had the same ability to study a playbook, the same whiteboard in, in college, and he produced on the field. So did Johnny Manziel. Yeah, well. And then they he... compared Baker to Johnny Manziel, too, and look what happened. Baker's just fine. Because Baker uh, was stronger <clears throat> off the field. Like, Baker studies like a maniac. He's the first guy in, last guy out. Every great quarterback is. Who who got a – who got a um, – what, what, what did Baker get in trouble for? Um, he didn't do anything. Well, he ran from the cops when he wasn't he actually in the trouble. Cops. When, when did Kyler Murray do anything? Okay, and I think if you were listening to this show last year and watching this show last year, I gave shit. To, I was not a Baker guy right away. I had to get, like, I had to turn into a Baker guy when I learned, like, he wasn't really in trouble. He was just a stupid drunk college kid and was nervous, so he ran. I know. No, not, yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying comparing these guys. But to what each I'm other saying is, okay. I'm not. And again, I'm not saying that uh, Murray is going to go out and get arrested. What I'm saying is, like the people who are interviewing say that he can't retain stuff for the board. That's important in the league. And it, and you're saying that he did it in college. All my argument is is so did Johnny Manziel had a, some great numbers in college. He moved up to the big leagues and he didn't put in the. He admittedly didn't put in the study time. In the uh, video room, he didn't read the book playbook enough. He didn't get that stuff in his head. You didn't hear about that though. Not till afterwards. Nobody, nobody, nobody came out like this and said, "Oh, he did bad in the interview. He did bad on the whiteboard." Which, you, which is why you should be just. Which is why you should be even more scared of this guy because you're I, right. I think. I think when you have a clear cut number one overall pick, you start to nitpick. I think this is sure. just nitpick. I don't think he's clear cut though, because even go back to Johnny Manziel, and I was a jo- ask Kevin. Kevin was here for this. I was like on draft day, like do whatever you can to get trade to get Johnny. I was like a little uh, girl meeting Justin Bieber when they drafted him with the twenty sixth, twenty second overall pick. I'm, I get it. Like I've been disinvested, 
But if I look back now, and that's the great thing about getting older and wiser, when I look back and I look at those pre-draft interviews, Manziel has a lot of the like sidestepping, not giving direct answers to questions, as Murray does. I want Murray. To, I want every guy to be. I'm not trying to kill guys from being successful. That's not my hope. I hope that I'm wrong. I'm just saying the evidence, right? The evidence, like if you look at me, the evidence says I'm a fat ass because I eat a lot of food. Like the evidence is saying that he doesn't have the commitment to football off the field and the talent on the field is only going to go so far in the league. That's all I'm saying. So throw my two cents into this. No. no One no. is <laughs> your, your thing about Murray is, is like the commitment where you got to look in college. He played against horrible defenses. So his athleticism, athleticism alone made him what he was. I mean, he's a hell of an athlete. Yep. You know, and there's no not doubting that. that. But he he was one of those the only way I'll compare him to Manzel, because I hate Manzel, is that he when he was in a tight spot, he chose to run instead of trying to throw. Where you need to be able to make those throws in that thing. Because running can only last for so long till people figure it out. And they know they gotta force you to run and then they're gonna stop you and there goes your offense. But outside of that, like whether he's a first number one, I don't know. I don't really think he's a clear cut number one, but I mean, he's definitely, I could see him going top five. Like I wouldn't be shocked about it. I just, I don't really know. I haven't decided how I feel like how he's going to be yet. But the funny thing is all three quarter, well, two of the three that you were talking about, you, like you said, you were so big on Manziel and I did everything I could to try to talk you out of him until they drafted him and you were so excited. And then I spent two years talking up Baker saying, oh, that's the quarterback the Browns need, and you didn't want it until draft day. Then you were so no, excited. I was before draft like day. Come on. Because I thought he was a senior, and uh, he was only a junior. And that's when I started. Because I was like, before he got all the hype before the draft, I was like, if the Steelers could get him last year, I was like, I was going to be so happy. Because I really liked him. I thought he's the guy to go for. And then after the combine, he blew up, and it was like top five. It's like, well. Steelers have no chance again now. Okay, before I'm going to go last year, I was a, it. I was I was not a Baker guy right off the bat. You were all about Darnold. No, just like everybody else. No, I was all about Allen. I was not in love with Darnold. Oh, that's right, you were. Yeah, Allen. I was an Allen guy. I'll tell you how I was. Like I'll own, but I would say it was a month before, maybe okay, maybe like three weeks before the draft when I put it all together and I was like. Baker makes the most sense when he was coming out and he was like, I want the challenge. I'm going to turn this team around. I'm going to turn this city around, but I just don't get that from Murray. And I think if you, if you're Arizona, especially God, if you're Arizona, if you're Buffalo, I make, it makes sense. Cause you don't have, not Buffalo. I'm sorry. If you're New York, cause you don't have anything in the, in the pipeline, trade that 17th pick move up and take Murray. Right. But if you're Arizona, and you have a guy like Ro- Rosen, who, again, hashtag Rosen's going to be a bust. Um, but at least you know that he's capable of playing at NFL level. Uh, you know, now, is it all pro? Who knows? We're not sure yet. But I wouldn't risk taking trading Rosen and, and taking Murray from what I've heard so far, is all I'm saying. And I'll be the asshole again. I'm okay with that. Uh, Brian's over there wanting to punch me. I can see it in his heart. No, no. I can see it in your heart. Are you like? Are you like? I wish I was on Eric's podcast right now. Is that what you're saying? I no. see. It. I get it. 
Oh. I'm no, saying, sorry. My dog's just... It's okay. We, we let animals make special appearances. We are a pro-animal podcast. By the way, Eric <laughs> did uh, tweet me uh, in our little group chat that he's really digging uh, Baker's beard. So, big news, if you guys are wondering... I don't. It's interesting. I don't think the NFL's ever been saturated with this much quarterback talent before. You think it's saturated? I do. Really? How? You've got you've got Teddy Bridgewater backing up Drew Brees, um, Tyrod Taylor backing up Philip Rivers, um, uh, Nick Foles is a starter now, so Carson Wentz can start. Um, Jared Goff did great last year. Josh Allen has weapons now. Sam Darnold has weapons now. Rosen, we still don't know. Lamar Jackson looked great. Baker Mayfield looked great and has weapons. Aaron Rodgers still the greatest quarterback that ever lived. You're nuts. Tom Brady's out there. How, how are you the greatest quarterback to ever live and you have, what, one Super Bowl ring? He's not the most successful. He's the most talented. The most talented would have found a way to be more successful. Would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> Takes uh, – Takes a lot more than a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Though. Tom Brady doesn't think so. He makes receivers. He's like, oh, what? I'll take, uh, you know, Matt, Matt Pierce. A lot of that's play calling and contracts, though, too. Hey, when you can say that you made Julian Elliman a, uh, a Hall of Famer, a Hall of <laughs> Famer, you're the greatest. You're the greatest quarterback ever. I just man, that guy. He's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is right now, actually. Yeah, right now. I don't know how – the thing is that I don't know how to have a conversation because I don't know how to not sound like I'm shitting on uh, Aaron Rodgers and simultaneously saying I don't think he's the greatest, the most skilled quarterback to ever play the game. I think that guy is in New England, and people will always hate on him because he has, you know, taken every advantage possible to be successful. And I'm okay oh, with that. Cheating, you mean? Hey, if you're not cheating, you're not. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's 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 just how it is. I mean, you never played contra until like up up. You know that code where you get all the lives. Like, it's kind of like it's instilled in us at a young age right now. Like, you got to take every little thing. And here's the thing: he overpays for his violations. You know, he flattens a couple of footballs. It's only supposed to be a twenty. Again, the NFL and their inability to actually find people within their own scope of rules. Uh, flat a couple of balls, supposed to be a 25K fine, and you get suspended for what, four games. It all stems from Spygate. Goodell, after Goodell basically let him off for it, it's like he got hammered so bad for that that anything New England does, you're, you're screwed. That's, oh. a, that's amazing that that all started because Eric Walden – of the Colts picked up a ball, a fumbled ball on the field and took it to the sidelines with him and said, this feels kind of flat. Yeah. You don't think he has some inside information on that? Don't know. It's just weird how that whole thing got started. It's kind of interesting. I think like, I don't want Okay. The flattening the balls, there's a rule for that, right? Give him his $25,000 fine and sending him on his way. What I never understood is I don't understand what's wrong with recording the other team's walkthrough. Like, why is that wrong? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you're going to walk through all your shit out on the field pregame, then somebody can be up there with a phone or a tablet and record you. Yeah, like I, I've yet, I never understood it, and I'm, maybe I'm just a New England apologist and I'm not aware of it to myself yet. Uh, but yeah, I just never quite understood why. 
Oh, I just see this uh, tweet from PlayStation now, and it makes me think that uh, this year I think I have to get Madden too. By the way, because I got to have some OBJ action on my Madden. God, Kevin, I would totally play you now all day long. <laughs> all day long, bring it. Bring any team you want. I'm just gonna rip through you with the the Browns should change their name to the All Pros, the Cleveland All Pros. Telling you, they still need a long snapper. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh if they get knocked out of the playoffs this year because something some for some reason their long snapper botches something. Oh, that would you know I, this... I am not a fan of your sense of humor whatsoever. That would be funny though. Dude, I can just see it now. As soon as he he snaps it over the punter's head out of the back of the end zone for a safety and they lose by one, I can just see it. I told you so, Matt. I'm going to send you a video of me just dying on the floor laughing. Just, oh, I can't believe that actually happened. It's just weird. Like, I think I have friends in this world. And you guys all turn out to be assholes. And, like, I'm not sure how to handle it emotionally, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about, so, breaking tonight, before we came on, was the Tyreek Hill situation. Uh Again, Kansas City half needing to deal with this drama. What do you guys think? Just write up your instant, like, because I know we don't have a lot of details, it doesn't seem. Uh, but I was a little frustrated on my end that people are making these quick judgments. I know he's got a history. Uh, I know the kid broke their arm, but full disclosure, when my daughter was like four or five, I, my daughter liked the rough house when she was a kid, and we were playing, and... Basically, I grabbed her leg and lifted up, and she caught her, like, you know, basically she would do this where she, I would grab her leg, and she would drop on her bum. Well, one time she just tried to, like, decide she was going to, like, be a superstar and turn and, like, land on her hands. Didn't cry, didn't do anything. We just spent our day together. Dropped her off at her mom's, and by, like, 2 in the morning, she's at the hospital because she broke her arm. So, I mean, it can be, like, you can break, like, it, it can happen doing innocent things. So, but like, what was your guys' first reaction? I just hoped it wasn't true. I hope, I hope for the sake of a guy making a mistake. Originally, I think his first, uh, his first uh, assault, well, his only assault charge was um, in college, right? I yeah. Believe. Yeah. Um, his pregnant girlfriend. Yeah. And just seeing that, I, I, my reaction was, man, I hope that's not true. Um, Cause you hope that people learn from stuff like that. First of all, you hope it doesn't happen in the first place, but I hope for his sake, the team just got rid of a guy for, you know, assaulting someone. I mean, if it's legit, they have to cut him, right? I mean, they have oh, to absolutely. follow suit. Especially yeah. the, the president that they just set with yeah. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. 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 You have to. Our good friend, uh, Dan Comanche on Twitter is that he, he kept ignoring it thinking it was just the cream hunt thing. And then, uh, then he realized that, uh, it was Tyreek Hill. Now with the hunt thing, a lot of that from what I heard was that, um, they cut him because he lied and the video came out. Like he said, like nothing happened. Yeah. And stuff like that. Now, if he's honest with them, maybe that might take a different approach. But I don't know. It is. It's definitely. I agree. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how Kansas City handles this. Because if it's in his house, 
more than likely you figure there's not going to be a video come out. So whatever he says is going to be the thing because there ain't going to, you would think there ain't going to be no actual video proof to come out about it. But yeah, that's definitely going to put Kansas city in an interesting spot. It's like, how, what do you do? I, I think you have to cut them. But, and here's the thing. How can you be honest? I've always had a problem with this. Like, got, like people are like, well, I stepped up and I was on. You're, most of these guys are honest when they get caught. Like, I can understand. Like, if you come in, like, after it happens, right, like, literally the same day or you call it, you have connections to the organization at 24-7, I imagine. If you call them right after the incident and say, hey, this went down, then that's being honest. If, like, because all of a sudden uh, the police, you know, it's all over ESPN, uh, and then suddenly you're being honest, I don't buy that. From what I read, they the cops were at his place last week, I think it was. Yeah. Then they were called again for whatever happened now. And then I saw, you know, the kids, kid got a broken arm. And this time it's the kid and, and his wife or girlfriend, whatever she is. I'm not sure. So it was both of them this time. Yeah, it should be interesting. I don't know. I hope I'm with Brian. I'm, I'm really hoping it's just not true. But I just... Something else that might be overlooked now because of the Tyreek Hill thing is the NFL is looking into the Antonio Brown stuff. I thought he got – they weren't going to do anything with that. I thought that's what I just read today. Wait, what were they going to do for? What's that? Uh, The stuff in, like, Florida or something? uh, Yeah, where he he threw that stuff out of a – Threw his furniture out the window? (laughs) Yeah. God, money makes people crazy. I don't understand, like, maybe I've just never been in a, like, maybe I have relationship issues. I've just never been in a relationship where I'm like, listen, I'm going to give up all my freedom and all of my money um, because I love you so much. I'm like, listen, if it's not, if I'm really, like, if I'm that miserable or if you're out around humping other guys not telling me, then I'm just going to bounce. Well, I mean, Antonio Brown's got like 20 kids, and every time you turn around, he's like either cheating on his girlfriend or he breaks up with her and goes out with a couple Instagram models and he gets back together with her because the mom and dad should be there for the kids. I mean, he's he's been going like the last two years. Every time you turn around, he's with some Instagram model somewhere. But then like a couple weeks after that, he's back with his girl. So, I mean, I don't know. But the whole thing in Florida, that was because he was getting evicted. That wasn't a domestic thing. He just no, yeah. get a kid how, with a couch how do you, from, like, the 10th floor or something. How do you get evicted uh, when you're that yeah, rich? The, the furniture, like, landed close to some guy or something, and that guy it wants a kid. Oh, uh, yeah, it almost hit a kid, and, and the, the grandfather of the kid's pressing charges or something. Again, how do you get evicted when you're that rich? Please explain this to me. He bought a new place and forgot to pay. Oh. That, that or you can violate any sort of... Yeah, statutes that they have in place, like yeah, yeah like throwing your furniture out the window, <laughs> <laughs> like like no smoking in in indoors or something like that. You like, know, a yeah. noise curfew. I don't know. Like we Who don't knows? have many rules. You just can't throw furniture out of the room. That's a deal breaker. <laughs> Sorry, man. I am out on that one. Yeah, it's not even gonna sign this lease. Uh, so let's go on to. Uh, our good friend Russell Wilson has been having some issues with fans down out here in Utah, specifically. 
Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, sorry. God, Russell Wilson. They got football in the mind because, you know, the Browns are going to be amazing. Uh, so, Russell Westbrook um, got fined 25K, which I'm not supportive of, uh, because he got in a back and forth with a fan who dropped the N-bomb, him and his wife both. They, you know, they did some investigation. Now there's been two people permanently banned. What do you guys think? Is, is this something you guys are putting on Westbrook, or do you think that he got dicked over with a 25G fine like I do? Well, I saw the video, and it didn't sound like they dropped the N-word. They called him boy a bunch of times. Though. They got, I guess they got video from people around him, and they also got, like, eyewitness confirmation from surrounding people that he if, was dropping the N-word. If you're going to – if if you feel that it's necessary to use that word or to use other racial slurs – towards african-americans why are you going to a sport that's predominantly minority the athletes are predominantly minority don't waste your time though don't go to an nba game if you're going to use those words you're you're like how dumb how stupid that and there's a serious there's starting to be a serious problem well it's been going on for a while nba fans just because of how close they are to the action as opposed to like football or hockey, hockey, there's a barrier baseball. There's a barrier around the back and stuff like that. But um, it's a, it's starting to become a serious problem. How the interaction between fans and um, players in the NBA is, I mean, you saw, I don't think this is a bad example, but you saw that kid touch uh, Westbrook when Westbrook was near the sidelines, which yeah. I mean, he's a kid. He didn't know any better, but um, it's not the first time that guys, and I mean, uh, it's just, it's just so unnecessary, so unnecessary, especially even players to, to, to interact back with them. Just ignore them. Cause it's just gonna, it's just gonna escalate. I think it's hard to ignore them when you're dropping the N word or like, I know a lot of times people start talking about your family. Like here's the deal. When you go to the game, uh, Kevin, you've been to some games with me. I like to have a good time, talk a lot of shit, but I try to keep it like there's a line you don't cross. I don't sit there and go, your mom's a whore. I don't drop the N-bomb. Uh, I think you should be able to go talk a lot of shit without being like bringing players' families into it and or uh, using racial slurs. At the same time, though, you've got a guy like Cam Newton who, when there was, um, was it two seasons ago, Packers played at Carolina. There's a fan um, first row on the sidelines hanging over the railing with a Packers sign. Cam Newton ran up, grabbed it, ripped it in half. That's a dick move on Cam Newton's part. He should have got fined. That's that's not helping this entire situation. That's putting it in the opposite direction. <clears throat> yeah. Um, for my take on it, like, I think he deserved the fine. Because he was saying, I'm going to fuck you up. And so, I mean, they get fined whenever they cuss. So, I mean, well, the video's I, out there. If I, okay, fair. Fair. No, go ahead. And, I'm like, sorry. I understand with this being the first year that the fans are so close to the NBA court. I know it's going to take some time to adjusting to it. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, because if you think about it, uh, Drake is always standing right there. If you got to throw inbounds from right there, he is right behind you talking the entire time. 
No one says a single word. I would, I would, I would love to see Joel Embiid die for a ball going out of bounds, land on Drake, and just break his legs. So would I, because I can't stand them. Drake but is a dweeb. It's like if somebody says something, it's like, oh, well, Drake was right there, and it's like, oh, he talks a lot of stuff, but it's Drake. So it's always a pass. Besides the fact, more like more than likely, it's a pass because the following week he's going to be wearing your jersey, standing courtside for you because he changes teams every day. But it's like <laughs> <laughs> with the whole Westbrook, like. I know it's a joke saying, you know, he's got to get used to the fans being so close, but that's the way it's always been. He's acting like this is the first time. You're going to have people talking trash. Not a lot of people talk trash in a nice way. That's talking trash. And it's horrible. I'm not agreeing with it. But, I mean, you always hear about, like, in all the different places, Boston. People don't want to play in Boston because they're so racist. But, I mean, it's like you know what to expect when you go to these places, whether it's right or wrong what they're saying. I mean, you're on the court, so you would think, in theory, you have you have protection. Security's there for you, so you shouldn't have anything to worry about. So it's like just block it out. Shouldn't you be paying attention to the crowd? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. But I also I don't understand why the NBA needs to have seats so close. Um, I think they that's just, the way it's always been, though. I know, but I think it's a bad plan. Like, make a lot of money selling those seats, though. Sure, oh, yeah, but they just signed a huge new TV hell. deal. They're making money hand over fist. Like, this well, is greedy everyone, at some point. Everyone look. All the other leagues look at the NFL. They want to make that kind of money because the NFL rakes in the money every year. And good luck. No one's, you know, they're getting up there, but I mean, none of them's that close to what the NFL is doing. So you're not going to change it. I mean, you're going to sit there and you're going to ban people from the stadium and, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, it's just you're not going to move it because, like uh, Brian said, the the tickets cost so much money. And then when you turn on a game and whether you like them or not, but you see Drake, a lot of younger people know who Drake is. So that's for your, you know, for your TV deals. The Lakers, they always got celebrities everywhere, and they're always right there on the court side. So if you sit there and you turn on a game, there's always – celebrities where like if you look at nfl games not until the super bowl where you know they purposely point out celebrities but basketball games as soon as you turn on a game you see somebody on the sideline right there no i know i just i don't see the point of it you're never besides the fact the one guy i don't know if it was the guy from tuesday that got banned or if it was the guy they found from last year video that they banned but he told him to get on his knees where he belongs and he sat there, and Westbrook's thing was like something about how that was racial. And I was like, I don't know what I'm missing if that's racial. I took it as he's telling you you suck. <laughs> so I'm just like, so there's, I don't know. There's, there's just, and it's, it's, I'm, it's asking too much when I say this. There's an implied responsibility of being a fan that goes to a sporting event, and there's a line that you just shouldn't cross. People cross it all the time. Oh yeah. Whether it's up in the upper deck. Or right on the sideline, you're. It's there's this implied line that you just you shouldn't cross. Yeah, especially yeah. as a as a human adult person, where people constantly cross it. I, I personally, I think it's frustrating. No, it's absolutely. It's, it's annoying, especially when kids are around. That's the worst part because I don't really talk trash when I go to games. I mean, like Matt said, you know, we've been to games. I just sit there and 
Matt, when he goes, he just runs his mouth. Yeah, but am I ever like, like I no, you're not bad. I'm just saying, but you run your mouth, you know. But I'm not saying like not in a bad way, but you're always yelling something. And I just sit there. But I'm but not it's, swearing. It's crazy to sit there. Yeah, you're not swearing or racial slur, nothing like that, but you're don't shut up. Well, no. So, That's what you're... Um, but is it it's crazy to sit there because it's like I can't wait till when he gets a couple years older. I want to take her to a Steelers game. But some of the people I've sat by at Steeler games, yeah. like stuff they're yelling and cussing, and I'm just like, and especially like, yeah, I've heard, I don't hear as many racial slurs as I used to because I used to forever ago when Cordell Stewart was the quarterback, my mom used to be able to get tickets from where she worked. So we went, and it was the one year where he was having a bad year. So every time he did anything, the N-word was the only thing you heard yell. And I was middle school at the time. But, I mean – I heard the word. I knew what it was. And I knew it wasn't a good word, but it's like, yeah, that kind of stuff. It makes it hard to want to take your kid. Cause it's like, you know, you don't want to spend the entire game being like, you shouldn't say that you should never say that, you there's, know, it just, it takes away from it. There's always going to be that risk though. Cause especially when there's alcohol involved. Oh yeah. Cause that's why I love the family sections. At a lot of state, like I know the Browns do the Steelers got it now. And I know a lot of places are, but they call them family section. There's no alcohol. But it's just like, yeah, you can't stop tailgating. <laughs> All I know, Kevin, is I build bridges. That's what I do. Uh-huh. People usually, think about it. How many people have been furious with me at the start of those games? And they're like, we're chummy at the end. By the time you, once they realize that I'm not going to like let them like defeat me and be assholes, uh, it turns out pretty good. We have a good time. Yeah. There's I, always I, a line to get their picture taken with you after the freaking game. I love... I love going anywhere with Kevin because oh, yeah. Kevin's always got that look on his face that at some point he's going to get murdered because of me. And you just, it's always like a little, even when we're having a great old time, I just always look over and there's just like, there's just a slight look of fear of like, something's going to happen. This fucker's going to do something. <laughs> the best, here's a story for you, Brian. The best time, the last game, Brown Steelers game we went to a couple years ago, <clears throat> Matt's all decked out, face painted, jersey, all that stuff. So he's going, we get in the game, and there's these two guys that are pretty hammered down, you know, probably six, seven rows down in front of us. Well, they're the ones who started, and him and Matt were the whole game arguing back and forth. And the Steelers, every time they get a first down, there's an announcement where it's like, and that's another (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers first down. Well, every time the Browns would get a first down, which wasn't a lot, but they got some, Matt would stand up and be like, that's another Cleveland Browns first down. And so these guys were pissed so the entire game they're going back and forth and it finally got by the fourth quarter it was good it was just they would yell something they'd laugh and then map you know back and forth well <laughs> they sat there and the browns scored i think and they missed the extra point and this was before they moved the extra point back <laughs> so this is when you're right in front so they the browns <laughs> miss it and these guys turn around and matt was getting up to try to go get something to drink or whatever and he's trying to sneak out before those guys and they started yelling at him and matt just stood there and he took it and smiled and everything well a little bit later matt's back by now steelers score a touchdown they missed the extra point. And you should have saw these two guys because they're cheering and they see the extra point get missed and they both put uh they both just put their head down and then they slowly turn around and Matt is <laughs> dying. Like they knew it was coming, so they didn't even try to hide it. They just turned around and they just let Matt give it to him. And I'm like, and that's just how it was, because beginning of the game, you'd have thought these guys were gonna kill Matt. But by the end of the game, it was all just those it was just those three going back and forth the entire game. Oh yeah, I I always I always love uh, Pittsburgh's actually pretty good. 
to me for as much as uh, I am pretty outlandish in that. I think that game, we had to wait an hour after the game because so many people wanted to get a picture with Matt. It all started with this girl walks up. She's like, can I get my picture with you? And the next thing you know, there's a line of people. Yeah, it was the craziest thing. And it's all these Steeler fans. So they're all their Steeler stuff. Matt's all in his brown stuff. And they just walk up be like, can I get my picture taken? This was before the podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 way yeah. long wow. so before. Before your podcast fame. And, oh uh, yeah, I got on. I got on Pittsburgh News before. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have. <laughs> I've had fun at those games. Especially, I, there's been times where, like, I remember one game. I knew we were gonna lose, and I started doing like the. We were down by like twenty or something bad, and I was like, two minutes left, and I'm like turning my cap, and I'm like, rally cap time, guys. We're gonna come back. <laughs> Anything could happen, and people look at me yeah. like I'm just a fucking nitwit. But like Kevin says, I always just try to go and have a good time. I call it the Building Bridges Tours. And uh, we're trying to figure out what game we're going to go to out here this year. Because we were going to go to Arizona. But uh, it turns out my father-in-law was where we were going to stay. And he's dead now. So that's kind of out. So now we're trying to see if we want to go to San Francisco. Or if we want to go to back to Denver. I another... would go to San Francisco. It sounds like San Francisco fans are pretty not nice. Yeah, yeah. That's what you do. You go San, Fran- what... San Francisco and Oakland. That's what you do. You go build bridges in those angry places, man. Mm. I might. Yeah, those places people get stabbed and yeah, beat, exactly. beat senseless and all. Where when we went to Pittsburgh, like it's a rivalry, and the worst that we've had was someone threw a drink on you. Yeah, and the Pittsburgh the fans. That he was with, yeah, the group that he was with jumped all over him and kicked them out of their tailgate party, but. No one tried to stab you. Not yet. We'll see. There was so, one guy. One guy I thought was going to start a fight when I accidentally bumped into him, and he lost his fucking shit. What are you doing, man? Watch where you're walking. Like there's 60,000 people. I mean, it's kind of hard. There should there should be a system in place where if you do something at a sporting event, you are banned for life from sporting events, and you have to reapply to but get reinstated. Even the guy who's banned from the jazz games – how do you, how do they actually do that? Because here's I don't know, but that's I, there should just be a system in place. I mean, I, these these decisions are best left to the suits in Washington. Like maybe maybe that he won't be able to buy season tickets anymore. But still, if I want to buy a ticket, to, if I'm banned from somewhere and I want to buy a ticket, it's going to be impossible for them to actually keep me out of that place. And yeah, so, I mean, he should just go to be able to go to StubHub because he. I mean, he's not going to. <clears throat> With him losing the season tickets, I mean, they no, know it's uh, from that. But as long as you're not buying them through the Jazz, unless they got your picture when you walk in the door, which would be hilarious. You go to check in, it's like, do not let this guy in. You're like, oh, I just, I just wish there was a way that they could do that, though. No, I, mean, I, I like, totally agree. Like you saw the video of those schmuck ass parents that got in a fight at that wrestling match, at those that high school wrestling match. I think it was. So, like, those people should not be allowed at any sporting event, high school or professional, for the rest of their lives. This is, if you're, if, if you're going to do that at a high school event, you're done. I learned when Trevor was young, he played basketball for one season out in our last house. And that was a sign to Kim and myself that it's probably a good thing that he isn't into sports. Because I was, like, I wasn't an asshole, but I was the parent being, like, every time, like, I'd be screaming out to him on the floor, like, ruthless aggression, get those rebounds, whatever it takes. And it would have just not, gotten... That's not directed at anybody. Oh, though. but it would have been. Yeah. Like, it would have got worse. Like, like I was so happy when he decided not to play again for that reason, because I'm like, 
I'm going to get arrested. Not even because I'm trying to be a dick, but I just get so into it. I'm so passionate about it. <clears throat> yeah, kids' sports, they're... I am not looking forward to when my kids start playing sports because it's like, don't get me wrong, I love sports. I want them to be in sports, but just parents. Cause I go to my niece and nephew's soccer. Oh, well, they're the worst. Now I go to her soccer games and basketball games and they're so bad. And it's, it's so bad here in Ohio. Like they actually put things in the paper where they're having trouble finding referees for youth sports because the parents are so bad. They can't get younger kids to come and, try to be an umpire or a referee depending on the sport just because they don't want to put up with the parents which i don't blame them so it's like they got all these old referees and they're all getting to the point where they can't do it no more so they need a younger generation to come in but no one wants to because it's non-stop and i sit there and when i go to my niece's games like i'll cheer for her i clap and i yell you know let her know that i'm there but outside of that like i don't do anything because i just sit back and the parents get they get ruthless. And I mean, when Gary was on here, it was funny because uh, my niece was playing his daughter in a championship tournament they had. And there was three parents from my niece's team side that got thrown out of the game because they were yelling stuff. And one guy, only thing he that sat there and yelled uh, was um, he just sat there. He's like, why don't you call them both ways? Because the refereeing was bad and it just seemed like it was more for the other team. Which it's hard in youth sports, you know, but it's like parents take that stuff serious. And like I said, he was, he threw out three parents. He threw out the coach for my niece's team. Like I've seen all crazy stuff. I saw at a soccer game, I saw a dad threaten to beat his uh, wife and his son and his son was one playing soccer and he was yelling at him on the field. And I'm like, we definitely picked the wrong place to sit, but dude, it was the craziest thing. Cause like his son played the entire game and we're talking 10 year olds playing soccer, you know, the entire game. And you could tell that he was getting tired. And every time he wanted to come out, like he came out once and the dad started yelling at him that he needed to get back in the game. And then he yelled something and the kid, by this time it's oh, game's almost over, but he's been yelled at the entire time. And the kid sat there and he's like, dad, stop it. And he's like, don't you ever talk to me like that and start yelling at him. And then the mom was like, Hey, we're at a game, there's other people. And he's like, don't make me hit you here. And I'm like, what the fuck people, is going on? I'm, I'm going to say something that I wish, I wish you had like a larger viewership because a lot of people need to hear it. I'm going to well, say, so do I just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, when you, when you're a parent at a sporting event, you're a role model first bef- before you're a fan. The, the things you do in front of your children, in front of other people's children, um, are going to resi- resonate throughout their life. Um, if you're even at a high school event, high school down, if you're going to shit on other people while you're there, shit on referees, that's horrible. You know, referees are going to make mistakes. Other parents are going to say stupid shit. But your child is going to look to you how to act in those situations. It never made sense to me. Um, Like I had a situation last year 
one of our first games for volleyball. Might it's probably not going to sound. It's not going to make sense to you guys entirely, but we got called. We had a really bad referee. We got called out of rotation three times in our first match, and each time he did that, we were in the middle of a run. And immediately following that, it ended our run. And after the and he was wrong all three times. After he called us out of rotation, he corrected and he said, "Sorry, coach, I I was wrong. You're you're right." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know." After the third time, I pulled him aside. Rather than throwing a fucking fit, like a lot of coaches like to do, this is JV girls volleyball. Who the fuck cares? Rather than throwing a fit like most people would do, I pulled him aside and I said, "You know." That's the third time that you've done this in the middle of one of our runs. Just next time, and this this is the tone I used, and I was laughing when I said it. Just next time, can you make absolutely sure that you're right and I'm wrong? Because all three times you've killed us like that. And he's like, yeah, no. If you approach something with aggression, it's just going to ex- escalate and get worse. It's mm-hmm. just disgusting when people do that especially at lower levels, like 10-year-olds, for example. Mm-hmm. It's like, just fuck off. You look like an idiot in front of my kid, your kid, other parents. It's just going to get worse from here. It's not worth it. What are they playing for? Yeah. So stupid. People act so stupid. For love of the game. And then, and then the kids see that, and they're going to do that to their kids someday. It's so stupid. I totally agree. Totally agree. All right, guys. That's why I I don't like a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. You lost me. All right, let's get into – we're at a good hour and a half, and I got pizza on the way. Let's get into our our lines picks, which, by the way, I'm hell of excited for. Um, My first game in the box tomorrow. Uh, Nervous as shit, too. but really excited that we got credentialed uh, through our full seat ahead podcast. Uh, that thing's going very well and uh, excited to be part of the stallion media. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that and it's, it's going to be fun and I don't have to watch it on bleacher report, which is the worst place to watch an alliance game before we get into the game though, guys, that's what I want to talk about. Oh, and now CBS has picked up to like, they keep getting bigger. We keep saying it every week. Like, now CBS has picked up two more games. Like, this league is around, I think, is in for the long haul. Little things make them great. Yeah, these days it's easy to grow stuff like this because social media makes things more accessible. If Twitter and Facebook and YouTube weren't around and you tried to start an alternate football league, you'd fail. Oh, yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah, of course, because Twitter's what blew it up. That first hit with uh, Berkovici in that first game <laughs> blew his helmet off. Uh, that set Twitter on fire, and that's what made them uh, relevant, really. And then they've just done everything right from there. So you're 100% correct. I, but, wonder, I wonder if the AAF, like, slipped them, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card. After that, like, hey, if you want to get drunk tomorrow and accidentally run over your neighbor's dog with your car, you're good. We'll just we'll sweep that under the rug. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think uh, we all know I've been a huge mark, but this league just keeps doing right. I think the NFL is going to end up putting a lot of money into this league uh, long term. I just, yeah, 
you're right. I think social media has been a huge help, and the quality of football is not terrible. I hate the haters um, out there who have nothing but negative things and act like this league should be doing things like the NFL when they're just not there yet. Uh, but that's my rant. CBS, oh, yeah, the two games. CBS will do on the San Antonio game week nine. I think they're playing Memphis, but San Antonio is averaging 30,000 people a week out there. And then one of the conference final games, which uh, if you listen to my Stallion show, you'll know that I think that's probably going to be in Orlando. They're going to be with that game because I don't see how Orlando doesn't make it to a conference final. Why wouldn't you want to put that on uh, prime time? Anyhow, let's get into our picks, guys. Uh, Let's start with Birmingham and San San Diego Fleet, who had... I think that's this had to happen. The Stallions had to be the new Cleveland Browns because the Browns are just <laughs> the new greatest. I mean, they're just, like I said, they're the Cleveland All-Pros. Uh, but they can't stop anyone from passing. Their cornerbacks are not good. They're either getting pass interference or they're just getting beat. Anyway, so San Diego, last second win in against the Stallions last week. They're playing Birmingham this week with a new new starting quarterback as Perez has been yanked, which I don't agree with. Who do you guys think wins? Hmm. I'm going to go Birmingham. Brian? Um, I'll go San Diego Fleet because it's at San Diego and San Diego's um, undefeated at home. And I think, I you know, I agree with you, the change at quarterback. It is a bad move. Perez is a fine quarterback. I think anything else on that team is a step down. Yeah, and I think with Perez, you just have to know what you're getting. You have to understand that he's – if you get behind, if your defense has a bad day, you just have to chalk it up that you're going to lose that one. But every other time, he's going to keep you safe and not turn the ball over. I'm taking San Diego because I just think they're up and coming. I think they're number three in the power rankings this week on AAF.com. Uh so, yeah, I'm going San Diego, and it was kind of sad to see them lose win last week, beating the Stallions. Uh, San Antonio's heading down to Atlanta. Atlanta might be the worst team in the league. I'm just telling you guys right now, I'm taking anybody playing Atlanta. So, I'm going to go San Antonio. What do you got, Brian? Um, It's uh, in Atlanta. Boy, I, I don't like Atlanta. Um, they do got Murray starting. New quarterback. Yeah, um, I, I think I got to go San Antonio because I don't know how Atlanta has two wins because I, I don't like the way that they play. <clears throat> I think I think they're worse than their record shows. Well, yeah, the whole team's a clusterfuck because they've lost coaches and coordinators. And No, yeah, I'll, I'll go San Antonio. Kevin Tenney. Now I'm going to take San Antonio. Wow, got a sweep there. All right. That means, that means Atlanta's going to win. The floundering, <laughs> probably. The floundering Arizona Hotshots, who we all probably would have agreed at the beginning of the year were the most complete team. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone's come up to them. They're going to Orlando, and I don't think they have a baby Jesus chance in hell of stopping Orlando's offense. So I'm going Orlando. Kevin, who are you taking? This is the week the Hotshots get back on track. We give Orlando the first loss. <sighs> That'd be huge if they do it. Yeah, it would be. I'm not looking for it to happen, but I'm hoping it happens. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just hoping. <laughs> Brian? 
Um, boy, I really want to go hot shots. If they weren't traveling across the country, I would almost want to go hot shots. Cause yeah, at the beginning of the season, they, they looked like the most complete team. And I, boy, I can't see Orlando going undefeated, but, um, yeah, I got to go Orlando. If, if Arizona was like, yeah, like I said, not traveling across the country, then I'd take them, but Orlando Orlando, like I've said before, they're my Patriots. I don't, I don't pick against them until they actually lose a game. And I, I don't know who's going to beat them because you can't. That offense is ridiculous. Uh, they just have – they've got guys, I think, at every skill position who were on NFL rosters uh, very recently and making c- contributions. And you got Spurrier who just loves to run it up. Uh, the final game – and we actually have, I bet, I made a bet for this game uh, with the Memphis Express podcast, the Memphis and Gold people. Uh, if whoever wins the game, uh, the loser has to buy the, has to purchase two tickets for the other team's next home game for them to give away. Uh, and you have to, if they, if the Stallions lose, I have to take a video or photo of me riding a toy horse. And if Memphis loses, they have to take a video or a picture of them riding a mini plane, a little toy plane. (laughs) So I'm excited. I think it's fun to interact with these guys. It's been a lot of fun, and they have one of my favorite uh, Alliance podcasts. I'm taking the Stallions because I desperately need them to win. Um, And I think if they're smart and they stick the ball on the ground, they can win. I think they have one of the better defenses in the league. They have the best run defense in the league which Memphis is a good running team. And they have the best pass rusher in the league, former Cleveland Brown or Cleveland All-Pros, Carter Schultz with five sacks leading the league. The guy's been doing great. They had, I think, 12 hits on the quarterback last week. They they put the pressure on. The problem is that if the quarterback actually gets rid of the ball, the cornerbacks can't do anything. They either get a pass interference or they just get beat. That being said, Kevin, who are you taking? Mm, I'm going to stick with Salt Lake on that, this one. That's smart. I mean, Memphis does have Mettenberger starting. Yeah. I mean, they have looked better last week, but I'm still going to go with Matt, or Salt Lake. All right, Brian, you're the, you're the final – yeah, I'm I'm like I said on Twitter earlier, I'm gonna go Memphis Mettenbergers to win this one. Um Mettenberger is a good quarterback. I'm honestly surprised that he's not in the NFL um as a backup because he's a legit quarterback. Well did he uh, go 0 and ten as a starter? That doesn't help yeah, your case. But I also believe that um wasn't Jeff Fisher his coach at one point. Yeah, in Tennessee. I could be wrong. You're right. I could be wrong. No, you're right in Tennessee. Here's yeah. here's what I'll say though about Menberger. I think this league is perfect for a guy like that because I yeah. think I think when he had such a rough start, he got you know relegated to second and third string, didn't get reps, and so having a league like a league like this, he'll get the reps. He'll be able to kind of fix his issues. And I agree. I think he will be on a roster uh, maybe as early as next season. Uh, and this league was built for guys like this. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, also. Um, just for bullshit statistics sake. I love bullshit uh, statistics. Salt Lake hasn't won a game against the East Division yet, so I think that trend 
keeps up. What the fuck? Like, you're not supposed to come in here with negativity. <laughs> Sorry, man. What did I do to you, Brian? What? Just tell me. You haven't stopped talking about the Browns? Can't you blame <laughs> me? We got an all-pro at every damn skill position possible. I mean, it is ridiculous. Kareem Hunt is our quasi-backup suspended running back. The guy played 11 games last year. You mean your suspended starting running back? He had almost 900 yards uh, in 11 games last year. That's not counting his receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. He had eight rushing touchdowns. And now we have him. I don't care if he's our I don't care who starts because they're both going to make beautiful things happen. Like, oh, you have... You can't tell me OBJ is not one of the best wide receiver talents in the league, and he's young. Look, I looked at it the other day. I think I might have sent it to you guys on Twitter. Our starting lineup, our average starting lineup on offense in the skill position is 24. You got, I think, Odell and uh, Landry are both 26, but everyone else is like 23. And so if they can find a way to work these contracts, this is like, I'm telling you, the team could be together for 10 years and dominate. Well, how, how, what is uh, the extent of Odell's contract? Has he got eight more years? No, it, he only signed, he signed a, I thought it was a five-year deal for like $100 million. Why did I think it was nine years? No, this isn't baseball. <laughs> Baseball's ridiculous. Like, oh. Listen, we're going to pay you $400 million, but it's going to be a 32-year contract. I, I can't believe the contract that Harper signed. That he, that he signed? He's there the rest are. of his life unless they trade him. He doesn't have an, any outs in, in that contract. I thought he could out, opt out after five years. No, that's much, no that's Machado. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Harper doesn't have an opt out. And so, I think it's a no trade clause, too. Did you see he got pegged in the ankle with a 96-mile-an-hour pitch today? Too? Yeah, I did. Could you imagine being a Philly fan right now? Oh, so he got 13 years in, right? Yeah, that's a lot. Yep. That's a long time. But well, a lot behind that is, from what I've heard and what I've read, is a lot of people think what two years Mike Trout's contracts up. Yeah, and a lot of people think he's going to Philly. Well, that's because he's mm-hmm. already been saying he's going to call out Trout, and he almost got in trouble from the league for tampering, mm-hmm. which I don't think it, I think players should be allowed to talk whatever shit they want. Well, not just from him, but I mean Trout's from that area, Trout. It's known that when he grew up, he was a huge Phillies fan. So that's why I heard there was a lot to do with the whole Harper and the no opt-out, no trade, because they want it to be, you know, he'll have 11 years left whenever, if it happens, Trout can go there. So they're hoping that's going to be enticing, that you're going to be able to have Harper and Trout in the outfield for so many years. I think think Trout's going to end up going to the Red Sox or the Yankees. You you always baseball's been weird lately. Everyone thinks they know where know where these guys are gonna go, but they never ever go where they're gonna go. The Cubs thought they were gonna get both Machado and Harper for Christ's sakes. They didn't get either of them. And then the yeah. Yankees were supposed to land at least one of these guys. They didn't get either. Nobody saw the Padres go and get Machado. Nobody yeah. expected the Phillies to give Harper thirteen years. Well, the crazy thing was after Machado went to San Diego, then everyone's like, holy crap, Harper's going to go to San Diego too. And it's like, do they have that money? It's like, I didn't know they had that much money in the first place. Yeah, they did have space to get them both. But, yeah, whatever. Not worried about it. Brewers Brewers are going to go to the World Series anyways. All I know is Cleveland's losing money. Um, Is what they said today. The Cleveland Native Americans? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a problem with that? Is that what your next thing's going to be? I mean, tech, you technically can't call them Indians. 
Oh, yeah, I'm not going to get in that conversation. They're not from, the, the mascot's not from India. Oh, here we go. He, he's, Native, uh, he's a Native American. Well, I don't care I don't care that their colors are red and blue and that the dude's face is red. It just happens to be what the colors are. Drives me nuts. I like the Redskins. They can't get a copyright. That, I don't think, is cool. The okay. fact, the fact, it's okay, it's okay to call them Redskins, but. But what? Why, why not just change it? What? But because the actual the people who were supposedly offending ninety percent of them don't give a shit. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, like, if you're not actually, if the people who were supposedly offended, offending, don't care, then why do we care? Like, I'm, I'm just, I just don't like Dan Schneider. Well, sure, he's he's one of the worst owners in all of sports. He's terrible. Yeah. Just if if like if it was any well not anybody else because if it was like Bob Kraft or Jerry Jones I still wouldn't like him but hey he did go get Case Keenum and from what I hear from Eric respect Case Keenum yeah respect a lot of people all right guys you guys have anything else for me today no uh, no I think I'm pretty good all right guys thanks so much for coming on today uh, wish me luck tomorrow. Uh, that I don't f up and break some like weird etiquette or ask a question that was probably highly inappropriate at the press yeah. conference. Make sure you don't ask the GM or the public guy, yeah, whoever Eric's friend is. Be like, do you really think there's ten thousand people out here? <laughs> I know. I was gonna look out over the press box and be like, seriously, ten thousand? That's bullshit. <laughs> I'm What's old. funny is if you would make a comment like that, like say he just comes in, he's like, there's ten thousand in attendance. Just sit there and be like. One, two, because <laughs> it's not going to take you that long yeah. to count how many people are in those stands. I, uh, yeah, I'm scared that Salt Lake's going to lose their team uh, because I think they're only averaging like 9,000. And the thing that sucks is we're the only team that's really in a cold weather city uh, and we're playing outdoors. And people, unfortunately, because they're not used to it yet, they don't know what the product is, they're not going out in the fucking cold. Like, I will do it. But until they get like a, a a a following, so I hope that they at least give them two or three years to be successful here. But I think if they do make a quick move and go, hey, the Carolina guy who just invested two hundred fifty million dollars wants a team here, uh, we're gonna move a team. It's gonna be Atlanta or Salt Lake, two of the worst teams. Every other team, they're averaging like thirteen thousand in attendance for the year. That's pretty fucking good for a, a product that didn't exist a year ago. Um. Yeah, so that's that's what I got going on tomorrow, and I'm going to watch the rest of the games, which I highly recommend you guys do too. Uh, you can watch them on YouTube if you haven't heard from Brian. Uh, you can watch them. The games are easy to find if you want to find them, uh, and I think the production's getting better and everything like that, so yeah. All right, guys. <coughs> Let's uh, do that so we can everyone can hear it all nice and pretty. Uh, that's going to be it for the show today. We will see you guys next week. And I hope that the Cleveland Browns get Eric Berry. You guys take it easy. Brian, Kevin. Oh, you can find Brian at Real Brian Willis on Twitter and Kevin's at k one Go check them out. You guys take it easy. All right. See you guys later.
everybody have a ball. Hot, hot. Tell the fellas start the name calling. And the girls respond to the call. Hot, I have hot, a poor white shout out. Who let the dogs out? Follow us on Twitter at Pierce of Mind Pod. And on Facebook at Pierce of Mind Podcast Facebook page. Send us an email at Pierce of Mind Pod at gmail.com. And you can find our show on Twitter. I mean, not on Twitter, on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Music. Go find us, subscribe, give us a five star rating. Have a great day. the fuck